This is the Inspiration Science Podcast, your guiding podcast on evolving your own science and life to holistically thrive. We believe there is no general way of living and healing, but your universal way. You succeed the highest when you do you. On this podcast, we'll dive into deep conversations on mental health and aligning purpose to business for enlightening harmony in life. I'm your host, Osin June. Welcome everyone to this Inspiration Science podcast. I'm so excited to welcome today a special guest with me on my show. It's Eric Chow. He is the chief consultant of the Management Ventures. He's a public relationship um, based in the States. And also he helps people to create, maintain and scale personal brands uh, with different PR strategies. He's also the owner of the podcast called Eric Chow Empowers Podcast, where he shares stories, conversations on passions, on human connections, and overcoming different challenges to thousands of listeners. And he does it very globally. So it reaches like over 90 countries around uh, the world. And today I'm very excited to dig into different topics on self-image, on self-esteem, and so much more on what Eric so far did in his life, in business and in life. So thank you so much for coming, Eric. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderful, Ozan. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, thank you so much for coming. Um, in terms of your background, like you help people to establish a personal brand, company's brand, and help people to scale their businesses through that. What inspired you in first pla- place to work in the public relations and in this uh, field? You know, that's a that's a funny question for me. Um, I always kind of have to chuckle to myself. Um, I never had any intention of being in PR world ever. Like it was never a thought in my mind. You would have gone and asked me in high school. I don't think I would have even came up with the idea if you asked me to list a hundred. But I've always been fascinated by reputation. I've always been fascinated by brand. And um, even though I don't think I would have ever, I probably would have picked picked up on the word reputation, but I don't think I ever would have told you the word brand if I was talking about it. But it was something that I was always interested in. Like, okay, why is, you know, why is this person liked so much? Why does this person have the reputation that they have? Why do people feel a certain way about this individual? Mm-hmm. Um, and all obviously looking, growing up in a world of social media, that was interesting to me, even though I didn't quite care too much about, you know, building a social media presence. I think that also maybe had an influence in, hey, you know, maybe th- this is a, an important part of building your brand. Yeah. So I think it was little things that I liked to pay attention to. Yeah. And I found out it was in PR world and I got an opportunity to be in this and uh, I decided to take it. I love this. Amazing. It's crazy how, you know, some random things just take you on the path to where you are. And then that's also how we magically met. Um, There's always a timing for all of the things. Uh, With the PR work, I'm curious to know, was there something that surprised you while you were doing the work that you were not aware of before? Like what was for you maybe some shocking things or awareness that you had during PR work? Several. Um, I think one thing was I always thought PR was like a cover up because mm-hmm. I think oftentimes if you're not in PR world, you often think of like PR scandals, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you hear about, oh, you know, this crazy, bad, horrible thing happened. And 
they used PR to sort of cover it up or try to appear better or try to look good. Um, and I, and I, and I found out that that's not really the case. I mean, that's, those are very, very bad uses of PR. Essentially, that's all it is. And PR is just very simply managing the relationship somebody has with the public, yeah. whether that's their consumers, their constituents, their customers, their clients, their mm. employees, whatever it is. Um, so I think that was one thing that surprised me. Another thing was <clears throat> the way we get into the media. And I think you and I talked about this the, mm. when we last talked and how, you know, sometimes it's, I don't know, I, I think it's very different being behind the scenes. And mm. it kind of shocked me like, oh, this is how this kind of interview is done. Interesting. Okay. Mm. This is how you get into these kinds of media pieces. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I hear about in PR world. Oh, you know, you we can get you into all these different articles. Mm-hmm. And then I learn how that's done. And I'm like, ah, that's actually really easy. And anybody can kind of do that. Um, we don't need to pay a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars to do that. I'm like, wow, interesting. Because mm-hmm. it's just things that I, I think behind the scenes in the process of getting into the media. Yeah. That is super interesting for me and uh, something that I definitely didn't know about in the past. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. I think it's always eye-opening and things when we have like new perspectives in life yeah. and in business uh, that we were not aware before. And in terms of the 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 job that you now pursue, um, like as an entrepreneur, like as a child, was there something particular that you always wanted to become? And if so, like what is it, and how did they change over the past years until now? Mm. Yeah. I mean. Well, okay. So first of all, I can tell you uh, that the dream job I had as a kid, like a little kid, mm-hmm. like fifth grade would be firefighter. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So I don't quite know how that worked out, but uh, I never really imagined myself in any particular role or job mm-hmm. uh, or business or anything like that. That was never something that I really thought about. And growing up in like high school and moving into like university age and things like that Mm -hmm. um, getting closer to 18 when that was happening it it felt weird because the only question was what do you want to do and what do you want to be when you grow up Mm -hmm. and it just ran totally contrary to what I'd been thinking my whole life which was how do I want to live and and what's the kind of person that I want to be yeah, I never really thought about the role or the the what I was going to do. And um, so it was really, really challenging for me. And mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons I loved, I fell in love with the world of business, even though I never really considered it, was I could sort of pick for myself, you know, yeah. and I could kind of control that a little bit, control the path that I chose to follow. And I could use business as a vehicle to... Mm-hmm the kind of life that I want to live. And um, certainly, you know, like as a kid, I really wanted to travel a lot. I didn't want to have to worry about, like I I had the opportunity to do some traveling with my family like growing up, which was awesome. But Mm -hmm. there was always like one moment in the trip where I would want to do something and we wouldn't be able to do it either because of a time constraint or a money constraint. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to be able to travel freely. I didn't need it. I didn't, I didn't really care for, okay, I need everything to be like super luxurious. Um, but I just wanted to be able to travel freely. Like that was one thing I really thought about. I really loved the idea of impacting people. 
and uh, being able to have friends all around the world was a big dream of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like it, it was it was those sorts of ideas that really inspired me as a kid. And yeah. those are all very much still there. Uh, it's just now that I happen to have a vehicle to achieve it. Yeah, beautiful. I mean, I think it's really important that people have their own type of vehicle. Um, I mm-hmm. also meant, I think you mentioned somewhere also that you're helping people to build a universal brand that is according to their type of universe, their personality and all of that. Um, and I think it has a huge link with this word self-image that has mm-hmm. a huge role in confidence and all of that. How How was it for you? How would you say did your self-image improve over the past years? And how did you improve that exactly? Great question. I mean, I think self-image is ultimately the entire journey Mm -hmm. uh, to any sort of happiness and success. I think it really is coming down to a journey of self-image. I used to think I had a great self-image and looking back, Mm -hmm. uh, I had it in certain ways. and, And I think that it's and what I've learned is it's it's just the journey that continue. You just have to continuously keep raising the darn thing. Yeah. Um, it's never like, oh, great, I have a high self image now. I'm done. No, I don't. I don't think that's the case anymore. Um, I mean, I guess I can share a few stories. I think one story was uh, I had done sales in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And and I was I don't remember how old I was here, but I had done sales, and I was just starting to sell a service which I hadn't done before. I had, well, okay, actually, that's not true. I had done service, never mind. Um, but it was a higher ticket service. It was, the the price was $1,500, okay? Mm-hmm. This was like my version of a high ticket at the time. Mm-hmm. I had never done anything like this before. I mean, like probably like the biggest deals I've done were like a few hundred dollars. Like mm-hmm. I, it was like, okay, wow, this is ridiculous. $1,500 and it's a service. It's not even a product. So mm-hmm. I was like, man, am I really worth this much? Is what I'm doing even worth this much? And that was like a self-image thing that I had to figure out. And and then the client bought and I was like, huh, maybe I am worth that much. <laughs> and obviously I delivered, you know, whatever the value was. And then second client did it. I was like, huh, okay, maybe I am, you know. And then I've raised my prices a few times after that. And Every time it's always like a little push to my self-image. So, you know, that's it in a business sense. I think also I remember being in this uh, room once and there were a ton of entrepreneurs in there. Mm -hmm. And every one of them was like significantly more successful than I was, I thought. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Maybe there was some people in the room who were like me. But I had total imposter syndrome, total imposter syndrome. I was just sitting there in the room and... We were having this conversation about business and sharing like what we're learning and sharing like what's going on, successes, mm-hmm. learning, like everything. And I just sat there and it was probably like hour and a half, two hours, maybe. Mm-hmm. And Ozan, I don't remember anything in that conversation because the whole time I was just trying to get over my imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Because I just like I could not imagine myself in that room being with these people. And I remember thinking in my head, first of all, I'm in this room for a reason. Like, there's a way I got in this room. There's no way I just ended up here. Like, Mm -hmm. somebody thought highly enough of me to get me in this room. I clearly have done something to get me in this room. 
obviously. But for some reason, I had to overcome that because in my head, for whatever reason, I just couldn't um, get myself in this idea that I actually deserve to be here. Yeah. And, you know, for them, maybe it was it was partially it was like, oh, my gosh, they make so much money. Oh, my gosh, they have such an awesome business. Oh, my gosh, they've impacted thousands of people around the world, hundreds of people around the world. And who have I impacted? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But just being in those rooms and then maybe maybe it was my age as well. I don't know if that was a thing in my head at the time, but I think what I've done is. One getting around those people has helped me as especially as I've talked to them because as I got to know some of those people in that room better I was like huh this person's just like me mm-hmm. maybe I do deserve to be here and that started to raise my self-image as I started to understand um and I, I know I've heard you talk about this before where it's mm. Like, hey, yeah, we are very much the same and and we sometimes see their success only and Mm -hmm. we forget the years of hard work that have gone into it and and the past experiences that they've had. And as I started to kind of hear those stories of these people who I thought were massively accomplished and amazing and Mm -hmm. like, you know, some sort of heroic figure, I was like, wait a minute, they're just like me. And and as I got to know them, that really helped my self-image. Uh, mm-hmm. as I started to perform as well like little wins little wins stack up you know like if I think about my podcast um, I would think about wow now I'm in this many countries that's pretty good you know that, that kind of started to help my self-image I started to get more listeners oh this is great I made a sale and when I was just getting started one sale made a big difference to me in my in my self-image in the beginning right yeah um, and then it just continues to stack up and stack up and you start to see more success. I think self-image is a gradual process. Yeah. And those little wins matter. And, and I think the association, the people you're around matters a lot. Wow, that's so beautiful. Well, thanks for sharing that uh, that story about the whole self-image. Yeah. Um, I think like you you mentioned like really the importance of like the surroundings, uh, the people, the, the little wins and progress. I think it's a lot about self-worthiness um, yeah. when we go deep with it. You know, how would you summarize it? Like, let's say someone was now listening to this podcast who's really struggling on the self-image and lacks self-worthiness. Mm-hmm. The same thing, I think, for loneliness, people who feel mm-hmm. lonely, they feel not worthy of, you know, connecting and all of that. Like, how would you summarize the tools that someone could cultivate today to improve their self-image? Immediately, my mind goes to start reading uh, PMAs, positive mental attitude books. Okay. That's immediately where my mind goes. I think that's the that's one of the easiest places to start. I think also the content that we consume is super important. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I started doing even when I was in high school, because mm-hmm. my um, my self worth was so low at the time, and my uh, and I was very much like a depressed at this certain year in my life. And mm-hmm. the one of the things I started doing was okay. I went on YouTube, and I just started looking at all these like anything that would inspire me, encourage mm-hmm. me, fire me up, motivate me. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if I started yelling at my computer, it was a good sign, you know, <laughs> like I just needed energy. And, yeah. and I started consuming that kind of content almost obsessively. You know, I would, I remember in high school, I would literally just like, I would get out of school and I'd go home and I'd 
just try to get on my computer as soon as possible so I could throw on some YouTube videos. Um, and when I was tired of YouTube videos, I would pick up a book, you know, <laughs> like that's kind of what I would do. Um, yeah. Because I think sometimes, well, first thing is, right, obviously, if you can change your environment, mm -hmm. that's super beneficial. Maybe you're able to move to a different place. Like, hey, if you have that flexibility, that might be worth thinking about, like just change your physical environment change the people you're around maybe you can do that yeah. I was in high school I wasn't going nowhere <laughs> mm -hmm. so I couldn't change my physical environment or the people I was around mm -hmm. so I decided okay let me change the online environment let me change my mental environment mm -hmm. and, and I did that by changing content and and putting in that information into my head um, because I needed to start to overcome whatever negative thoughts were in my mind whatever doubts were in my mind and yeah. I couldn't do that just by sitting there thinking um because I could only draw from the memory bank that I had which was mm -hmm. mostly negative um, of course yeah. there were positives but uh, there was a lot of negative in there and I needed to sort of dilute that negative by putting in a ton of positive and even today, I still try to do that. Uh, I may not be as obsessive over the content, uh, mm -hmm. over consuming that kind of content anymore, but I still do it every single day. I still read every single day, you know, um, because I think that it, it, it just matters. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing the tip. Um, for everyone who's also listening, I think, yeah, books can be very powerful. Um, knowledge is powerful and of course applied knowledge most importantly um, you, you mentioned something interesting you said like you dilute, dilute the negatives and shift to the positive thing this, yes. there's power of positive thinking yes um, another question back to you do you think that negativity can actually also be powerful like there are some people driven by that or we all know disadvantage can always be flipped in a different way um, what is just your perspective on that? I would agree with that as long as somebody can come from a place of personal security. Okay. Uh, I think, I think that needs to happen because otherwise I think negativity tends to take away from you. Mm -hmm. But if you're able to come from a place of, okay, I'm good, I'm set, I know I got this. Then you're able to kind of approach that negativity or those doubts or whatever is like, uh, yeah, right. You know, I'm going to prove you wrong. You know, you're able you, you have a little fire in you that just kind of like burns that negativity. It's just like fuel to the fire, sort of. Um, but if you're coming from a place of like, you're not so confident, you're not so secure in yourself yet. I don't think it quite works. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. And I think that has something to do with knowing on who you are, what mm -hmm. you're meant to do, your purpose. Mm -hmm. And with that, you know, like, how was it for you? Because I feel like many people, they have an identity crisis. And as an entrepreneur, especially you, you break through one thing. I know people, they started as a digital marketer, then their life coach, and they're into PR. And then they're like, how should I even call myself? What am I even yeah. doing? And it goes on. And then the identity, like, if I ask you, who are you now? And, and the whole identity behind that, how would you answer that? And what is just your general experience on this? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a tough question for sure. And, <laughs> and it's definitely something a lot of people uh, deal with. One of the things that I've tried to do, and it's 
just like my personal experience. And I don't know if it's necessarily a good strategy or not. Mm-hmm. But I stopped trying to tie my definition of who I am into some sort of role that I play. Mm-hmm. Because I found that roles disappear too quickly. Yeah. And and I remember like times when I would, there was, there was one particular experience where many, many years ago where I tied my entire identity into a few roles and life circumstances happened and I lost all of them. <laughs> basically mm-hmm. all of them, not all of them. Um, but I lost a lot of them. And I just remember sitting there going, Oh, my God, in the span of like a week, everything that I thought I was is gone now. Mm-hmm. And I, I just remember being I was like, who the hell am I now? Because everything I thought I was is gone. And and what I've learned to sort of do is I'm my values, I am my dreams and ambitions, I am what I care about, and kind of what my life represents. So it's not so much, hey, this is great, I help people build their unrivaled personal brands. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. That's cool. Mm -hmm. But it's not so much that it's maybe yeah, I'm helping people figure out these different aspects of themselves and create a brand around that share a message around that, create mm-hmm. a community around that. Mm-hmm. That's more fun. That's what I actually think is more in line with maybe a purpose that I have. Mm-hmm. I'm building businesses. I don't give a damn about building businesses. I like to build these things that are that represent something that um, allow me to create these the life that I want to live and the life that, you know, whoever I'm working with, the life that they want to live and make their dreams and ambitions come true. That's what I care about. I don't give a damn about business, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stopped trying to tie myself into these roles. Um, I started thinking about, hey, my values are, oh, my God, I love my family. Like so many of my big goals that I'm focused on right now are tied into the way that I want to serve my family. Mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to so it doesn't matter if I what my, what happens to my roles anymore it's yo I love my family like who yeah. am I I'm a family man first and foremost like that's mm-hmm. one thing that's really important to me um, I'm a businessman because I think that's my vehicle yeah and and so it's but it's not so much tied into any role anymore yeah I like I like that. I think you're just speaking in a way that allows you to be limitless, like mm-hmm. more universally and not into a title into Good that point. level. Um, so that's great. And I also have like this saying that's as actually one of the TEDx speeches I want to do, which is about Ooh. you gotta shake up your labels, your story, yeah. third-party stories that freeze up. Um, that does not serve you because you're meant to strive in your universal way. And I think many people, so they limit on other people's stories, other limitations and labels. And I think that's a big one. It's always so funny when I introduce people on podcasts. This is Eric Chow. He's the best-selling author, the TED <laughs> PR consultant. And da, 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 you know, like you have like 10 yeah. million titles. <laughs> and it's, it's it's funny but I always and and of course it's important but yes. it's I think the titles are just there for some clarity for the outsiders mm-hmm. like what he or she does but it's it's yeah it's crazy you know you cannot summarize a person into a title it's really difficult yeah. it's just background no I totally get it especially with my yeah. show too it's the same thing it's it's just people's background and really it's comes down to hey what is their character what do they care about 
I think the only roles that deserve um, everything are like parents, you know, like mom and dad. Those are roles that mean a lot. Um, yeah. Like there are there are very few roles that you know I think we can define our character by. Like I I definitely define I I think son is one of the most important roles that I have, and that's a hundred percent part of who I am. You know, or or brother. I think that's super mm-hmm. important to me. But a lot of these other roles are just they're vehicles yeah for our purpose yeah it's very true and i think that yeah it allows you to be more creative as well and Mm, like with flexibility too um in in terms of the journey as you know like the entrepreneurial journey is very dynamic it's like a a bit of up and down emotionally and things you have to be really resilient Mm. and if you look back so far what would you say or how did you handle the dark moments in your life um, you did mention shortly um, that, you know, as a teenager, you had like a phase where you had depression or even suicidal thoughts. Again, that's personally up to you if you want to open about it. But what, you know, what happened there that got you the spark back that you kept going? Great question. Um, yeah, there was definitely that phase. Uh, I honestly, the unfortunately somewhat boring answer is that I just dived right into like those books and those um those videos that I was watching and mm-hmm. I just tried to immerse myself in positive mm-hmm. and it was just sort of like a, I'm across my fingers and hope something works here mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really like that and you know sometimes I'd read and sometimes I would listen sometimes I would watch and I'd be like yeah that's good that's great that's cool mm-hmm. but it just wouldn't like spark me you know and I I think any time that I'm in any of those phases, I always think of it like a checklist. Like, all right, I'm 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 down in the dumps right now. Let's pull out the checklist and figure out what's going to work for me this time to get me out of this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, okay, did I watch these kinds of videos? Yes. Did I read this kind of book? Yes. Have I gone on a walk yet in nature? Yes. Have I gone on the drive yet? Yes. <laughs> I just kind of go down the list. Have I talked to mom yet? Have I talked to dad yet? Have I talked to sister yet? Have I called one of my mentors yet? Like, (laughs) I just go down the list and I just sort of hope that one of them works. Mm. Um, And I, and I just kind of think of it like that. When I'm down in the dumps, I think there are strategies that I know have worked for me in the past. Yeah. And anything that sort of calms me down, anything that sort of gets me out of my own head anything that starts to put positive in my head, anything that gives me some sort of perspective. Those are the things I kind of try to gravitate towards. Uh, Meditation is one of those things too, also that I like to rely on sometimes. I don't meditate regularly. Some people love that and that's great. Um, But whenever I'm down in the dumps, that's one of the things I think about. Um, Prayer may be a great strategy. Um, Actually, I should probably pray more now that I think about it um but that's sort of like one of my okay shoot I'm I'm really down on the dumps let me get on my knees and pray a little bit <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, maybe I should do that more often but that's the way I, I always think of it like a checklist like let me just go down this checklist and something is going to work because it's worked for me in the past and I don't know which one's going to work for me this time but I have this sort of mental checklist that will help me get out of the dumps I like that. It sounds for me like a customized Eric Chow emergency yeah. good strategy, you know, for your list. 
but yeah. everyone can build something similar like that you know but because for everyone it's like so different you know like mm -hmm. sometimes it's meditation is going for a walk for some it's like singing going i don't know and yeah. just musical or creative and some situations are different than others so some things that works in that situation may not work for another so right it's, that's such a good way that you have those bullet points and list um the emergency yeah, just come up with what works for you yeah yeah that's so true yeah nice and in terms of like the whole thoughts when we connected back to you know the whole self-image that we spoke about and you know like on who you are the identity and with that probably the self-esteem yes. where do you personally think that self-esteem comes from and mm. again how what do you do today to keep expanding that the confidence self-esteem comes from the way we see ourselves so and it's back linked actually to the yeah it is yeah. And, and 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 the way we see ourselves depends on um how we look at ourselves on our on a daily basis like mm -hmm. the perspective we have on hey what is this kid eric like as a third party what is this kid eric doing every day mm -hmm. and what is my perspective on that it's also my perspective on what other people think of me which is like a very like i mean you got to go through some loops on that one but like and like for example what does ozan maybe think of eric like i'm thinking eric what does ozan think of eric mm -hmm. and the combination of all of that especially like the more you care about an individual like you know i may not care about the neighbor across my street and what they think of me but i maybe care about my family or maybe care about the people i work with and what they think of me um and i think the combination of how i see myself every day and how other the people i care about see me mm -hmm. that for me creates the combination that that ends up blending into my self-esteem and mm -hmm. so the thing i try to do is am i who am i hanging out with and spending my time with and are they people that sort of help me raise my self-esteem? So me having a conversation with you, because I think you're awesome, makes me feel great for my self-esteem. This is great for my self-esteem. First of all, I'm on a podcast. That's awesome, right? That's great for my self-esteem. I'm hanging out with somebody amazing. That's great for my self-esteem. Every day am I doing something like that? Who am I hanging out with? Does it make me feel good? Because if I have a good image of you, and the fact that you're hanging out with me, that's great for my self-esteem, right? Mm. Um, the things that I show up for myself in private also matter. Mm -hmm. So if I see myself, I, I, I always, one of my favorite little moments is uh, when I have a really busy day. You know, I'm up at 6, 7 a.m. in the morning and I'm literally just working the entire day. Like I'm back to back. I'm going from place to place, working on thing to thing, project to project, deadline to deadline. Like it's just a really busy day. And I would get to midnight and I get to 1 a.m. And I have a rule with myself that I can't go to bed without listening to some sort of audio podcast, something that is some sort of like positive mental attitude or business related mm -hmm. or mindset related. And I have another rule that says I can't go to bed without having read from some sort of same kind of book yeah i have to do both of those things before i go to bed and normally i do them sometime throughout the day but there have been days every once in a while that happens where they're just so darn long and i just don't have the time to get into it mm -hmm. 
and it, it's like 12.30 in the morning, it's 1 in the morning, it's 1.30 in the morning, and I haven't done one of them. Mm-hmm. And I refuse to go to bed. And just keeping that rule with myself was just saying, you know what, I have to do this before I go to bed. I don't care that I have to wake up in six hours or five hours or four hours. Mm-hmm. I don't care how long my day has been. I need to do this because it's a rule that I made with myself. Yeah. And me showing up and doing that thing really did wonders for my self-esteem because it was like wow this kid eric is serious like Mm -hmm. i'm just looking at myself going this kid eric is serious about his personal development like i remember doing that you know a year ago or two years ago and um now it's like not even a question in my mind it's not even like a self-esteem thing i do it and i just do it it's just not a it doesn't even do anything for Mm -hmm. me anymore but in the past it was like oh my gosh like this kid eric is serious about this Mm -hmm. um And so showing up in these ways and keeping these small promises to myself were also really important for my self-esteem. Beautiful. Nice. I think, you know, as you speak, it reminds me on kind of growing your inner credibility as well, like this this Mm. external credibility because of other people's inputs. But I think you just mentioned just things like you you actually do what you've going to said you're going to do. So it's like, this commitment and like my non-negotiables and every time you yeah. stick to that it's like it, you know you get a coin in your confidence bank one coin yeah. more and then you kind yeah. of you know maintain that by sticking to the things you said integrity so yeah that's really great although before we move on i do want to say i do fail all the time not at the reading one the reading one i'm very good at the listening one i'm very good at but i think for listeners i do fail a lot of promises all the damn time every day i probably fail at least one promise um but doing our best to kind of keep them and -hmm. keeping more than we break hopefully uh or keeping the more important ones um those are things that really help your self-esteem and then trying not to be too hard on yourself for the ones that you mess up on and keeping into perspective like for example Ozan and I like we're super darn young so just keeping that into perspective, like, all right, you know what? This sucks. I messed up, but it's okay. Like, let's mm-hmm. let's do this again. Let's do this again tomorrow, you know? Tomorrow's a pre- better day. Tomorrow's another day. It's okay. Let's give it a yeah. shot. Yeah. Um, because I fail all the damn time also. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's a very, you know, I think it's a very good point because I think when people like, you know, take on challenges or like new things or habits mm-hmm. they want to cultivate or anything else, like there's always going to be a time where you don't do something out of your to-do list or yeah. where you say you want to do like 30 minutes workout and then you just end up not doing that and you're yeah. like oh you know like I-, I failed I'm off track so it's not even worthwhile to continue that let's start yeah. next year again or like that's the worst know? thing you could do yeah. <laughs> and I think many people so I-, I I like that you addressed it it's like it's okay you know like I failed today I didn't do my workout today let's say tomorrow and then tomorrow I do it and let's say in two days I again failed well again back on track so I think Mm. people are always like you know a focus and then focus goes out of the window and they're like oh I I," you know and the only job is just to get back you Mm. know like it's like this when you're on a train and people like off and then they just stay off instead of just hopping back and then just go and then this thing so that's really great yeah Nice. Well, anyway, there are so many things I feel like I can talk with you about to dig deeper on that. But I would love to wrap up the whole um, podcast with you with one last thing. And um, what is like the advice or, you know, what would you just tell to people who are starting out 
their businesses in their 20s like us in the beginning and who are maybe not really confident you know there are a lot of people they dream mm -hmm. big but you know they always have the same excuses not feeling ready i'm not enough i don't know mm -hmm. like what what would you just tell people who just start out Ooh, oh there's so much um <laughs> the first thing i think about is this whole like um i'm not ready blah 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 been there done that totally get it 100 listen i asked every question you can possibly think of <laughs> every single one of them i probably asked it um the first thing i found when i actually started was none of those questions and were hype mattered they were all hypotheticals and how could i know any better mm. like are people going to listen to me or buy from me how am i supposed to know i don't know you gotta do it and then you'll find out you know um, and I, I found out that all of those questions were some sort of hypothetical that I literally could not answer. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I could do was start. The only thing I could do was get going. Um, mm -hmm. The only thing I could do is figure it out as I go. Um, I think my podcast was a very good analogy for that because as I, I started my podcast before I really got started anything in business. Yeah. And what I found out was all those questions didn't matter. And what I found out was there was more support for me than I'd expected. Mm -hmm. And there were also people who didn't support me. Sounds good. No problem. Mm -hmm. I've realized, damn, I've been doing this for like months and months and months. And I'm on like episode 10 or episode 15 or episode 20. And I barely know what the heck I'm doing. And I'm still learning things. Mm -hmm. So I, as I got started in business, I looked back on that and I was like, ah, well, this is exactly the same thing. Like, I'm still going to be figuring things out and um, I'm going to reach these plateaus maybe. And I need to figure out, okay, what is the thing that's going to take me to the next level? Mm -hmm. um, what am I doing well? And, and just starting to be objective about it and not emotional about it sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think uh, being emotional about your ambitions and your dreams but in terms of your approach to business and, and your daily life, being a little bit more objective and unemotional about it mm -hmm. um, so that you can look at it and say, hey, um, this is where I need to improve. And how am I going to do that? Like mentorship, you've talked about this a lot. Mentorship is super mm -hmm. valuable in that. Um, hey, you know, I have somebody I can call on. I just had a phone call yesterday with one of my mentors and I was straight up. I was like, man, listen. I've been slacking this past week. I know we set a goal um, and this goal is going great. But this other goal, man, uh, man, I've been slacking. And he goes, yeah, but you've had a lot of deadlines and projects this past week. I'm like, yeah, but let's be honest. I mean, if we're being honest, that has nothing to do with this. It's just me being lazy. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was able to be honest about that, you know, and unemotional and, and not put myself down for it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then, hey, he's able to share some perspective with me and some strategies and some ideas. And shoot, that guy's a genius, you know, uh, because he's able to come from that third party perspective. And so mm -hmm. leveraging that. But to summarize, I would just say one is any doubts you have, you mm -hmm. simply can't know the answer to. Mm -hmm. They're all hypothetical questions. So all you can do is get started and do the best you can and keep showing up you'll still be figuring things out i'm still figuring things out Austin's still figuring things out yeah. but listen i'd rather have Ozan's problems than the problems i had in the beginning Ozan's problems are probably cool 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, listen, I'd rather have I'd I'd rather have your stress of the talk that you're about to give. I'm not going to give anything for the audience, but the talk you're about to give. Yeah. That's a cool problem. Like that's a yeah. cool problem to have. You know, I'd rather have that problem than oh, you know, how am I going to make this first sale? You know, like, mm. let me just get through these boring problems that are like not that interesting so I can get to the fun problems. <laughs> yeah, there are just luxury problems and things as well. Yeah, like, we're going to be solving problems the whole life. So let's get rid of these boring ones and so we can have the fun ones. Yeah. Like, I want my problem to be, all right, I have $100,000. Which car should I buy? <laughs> wow. You know, like, yeah. I, want that, I want that problem, you know? Oh, I have 10 million, you know, which house should I buy? That one, that one, or that one? Like, <laughs> that's a good problem to have. I want those problems. Better be rich and trying to reach out to people. I mean, you know, I mean, those, those seem like fun problems to have, you know? Yeah. Um, if Because it means if I got there, that means I, I'm probably doing okay, you know? Yeah. If, I, if I've gotten to those, solve those problems, then, you know, mm. I've probably done some things. So we're going to be solving problems forever yeah so just get started that's the first thing i would say and then learning to be objective and unemotional and yeah about your process and and the things that you're doing in your business yeah i love that well thank you so much for sharing your story all those insights it's very valuable you know like beyond business a lot of wisdom that you shared and i think for confidence to boost it so for all the listeners thanks for tuning in to this podcast episode I'm going to link um, Eric's social media, Instagram, and all the other social media, and feel free to connect with him. And also hit Eric up if you need any uh, PR media coverage. I think most importantly, not just to get the coverage, but um, what Eric does is like to teach as well. Um, so you actually got the life skills to do that and more customized on that, which you know is different than just paying someone uh, you yeah. know 5k, 10k there. So I think this is where he also stands out with customization and things so reach out to him and again thank you so much eric for coming for the time and i talk to you soon again okay beautiful souls thank you so much for taking time out of your day life to untangle wisdom and abundance on all levels if you feel connection to this audio experience share it with your friends Follow us on Instagram, Your Universal Way, and my personal Instagram, Osinjun, O-C-C-I-N-J-U-N. And always remember, there is no right or wrong way, just Your Universal Way. See you next time.